Hello and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Healers. If you're new, welcome to the show. My name's Morgan. I am the host. And for returners, as always, thank you for listening, continuing to support. Thank you to everyone for their feedback, their recommendations, their uh, recommendations for topics, um, introducing me to new guests. Um, This has really been a wonderful experience. This is actually a year with the Holistic Healers podcast. So I really wanted to make sure that the episode coming out was special. Um, And at least to me and my guests, we love this topic. And I really wanted to make sure I did this topic justice. So I really wanted to find like the perfect person almost for it. And so she kind of came out of nowhere for me, um, and I'll talk a little more about it in uh, the episode, but essentially I had a class in grad school. We had to pick a book, and I ended up finding um, this author's book. Uh, The book is called Raising Baby by the Stars. It's a new parent's guide to astrology. And so that's the topic. We're going to talk all about astrology today. We're going to go over some of the basics, hopefully debunk some of the myths and, you know, stereotypes and archetypes of some of the signs and, you know, just do a more thorough overview about astrology and then how it relates to your book, you know, incorporating it into your parenting and your parenting styles, especially if you are a new parent. You know, what are some tips and tricks that, you know, you can add and things to consider as you are raising a new little baby? Um, so for today, I found an astrologer, author, journalist. Um, I can't wait to have her on. I learned so much from her book and I can't wait to have a even more in-depth conversation with her and to meet her. So uh, without further ado, I would like to welcome Marissa Brown to the Holistic Healers podcast. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am doing well. Why don't you start off telling us a little about yourself and what brings you on the show or, you know, what you do for your day job or anything about yourself? (laughs) Sure. I'm Marissa Brown. I'm a journalist, astrologer, and author. My first book, Raising Baby by the Stars, A New Parent's Guide to Astrology, came out in February, late February. Uh, And I spend my days uh, reporting, writing, researching, doing astrological readings. Uh, I actually cover quite a few topics beyond astrology as a journalist. I cover women's health, um shopping lately just all all lifestyle things (laughs) fall under my fall in my wheelhouse so uh I especially love covering relationships and psychology positive psychology and anything that contributes to well-being I'm very passionate about uh researching and writing about topics that are useful for people um, and start conversations that that are generally po- pretty positive and health related. I mean, with all like the stuff that you've been doing, I feel like you're just such a professional in this world. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're doing it all. <laughs> I appreciate that. I try. <laughs> so what got you into this world, whether it's like doing astrological like writing or just any kind of journalism, what made you kind of get into it? Actually, I should add, 
really quickly to yeah. the, the on the last question. Uh, I'm also a parenting journalist, and I've covered parenting for over a decade, many years. Uh, I interview a lot of celebrity parents and just cover pretty much anything and everything that you can imagine from pregnancy through teen mental health. <laughs> what celebrities have you interviewed or I guess worked with? Uh, uh, Chrissy Teigen, uh, John Legend. I've interviewed both of them a few times. I uh, feel like I'm part of the family. <laughs> um, That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I actually started out as an entertainment journalist. So I was being sent to premiere parties as a in my early 20s and talking to like Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer <laughs> and wow. even interviewed like Joan Rivers in college. So um, the list is pretty long and I, I'm not quite sure <laughs> where to even begin with that. But um, I, I do love uh, speaking to parents about their um, their philosophies, whether, you know, they're famous or not. <laughs> is it just specifically about astrology or anything parenting wise? Oh, I actually, I, I've never actually interviewed a celebrity about astrology exclusively. It's, it's, a, it's about just general parenting, okay. usually about parenting styles, challenges, fertility journey, that kind of thing. Awesome. Okay. Well, I I brought you on. Um, I should give you a little backstory about you um, that I haven't told you yet. Um, but I, like I showed you before, I bought your book and it was because I was in a class last quarter. It was for lifespan and child development. And we had to choose a hot topic or like a pop psychology kind of book. And I have always been into like astrology, but I was like, ah, I don't like, I know, I know a lot kind of about it, but I'm like, I've never seen it get applied to children and like parenting styles. And so I did a quick Amazon uh, search and I found your book and I immediately it's, I think it's like, what, like 300 pages or something. And my teacher was like, keep it at a hundred pages. And I was like, nah, like I'm going to be using this book. <laughs> I need to read this book. Um, so yeah, you sound like my publisher. Your teacher sounds like my publisher. <laughs> Can you make it a little shorter? Sorry, I wrote a big book. No, no, it was perfect. And I think, like, I because we had to talk about like uh, some of our commentary and stuff with it. And I think you were so thorough, and I was, I just loved it. So I had to share that with you first before we get into it. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Why don't you, I guess, start off talking about the basics of astrology or like what is astrology so people out there know? Oh, sure. So, <laughs> so much. I mean, it's a very broad, it's a pretty broad question, but I'll do my best with it. Uh, there's various types of astrology. There's different styles of practice. There are also many uh, specific areas of study. Like you can go down an entire rabbit hole and and learn so much about just like fertility astrology or financial astrology but in general astrology is the study of how um the the, the planets and the luminaries the sun and the moon uh affect our wiring and our day-to-day -day experience of life here on earth uh it is very much based on our experience of the planets and the sun and the moon from where and various other 
uh, comets and asteroids and other points up there um, from our perspective on Earth. So for instance, Mercury retrograde, um, an astronomer might be like, it's not doing what astrologers are saying it's doing, but we're saying that's what it appears to be doing from our vantage point on Earth. And similarly, Raising Baby by the Stars is a primer on natal astrology, which is the study of birth charts and how astrology is baked into each and every one of us based on when we were born, where we were born, and our vantage point, uh, our experience of the sky above. Well, and like you were saying too, astrology is such a big like topic, like there's so much and so many different like categories, I guess, within it. Um, I would like when I when I talk about at least astrology within like my own personal business, and I would imagine you do too. Sometimes I get back like backlash about it. Like people are like, "Oh, astrology isn't real. Astrology doesn't do this, doesn't do that." Like you shouldn't listen to it. What are your <laughs> What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> I actually wrote a piece about this for Shape a couple years back that I like to reference because I think that it encapsulates my perspective on that pretty well. There, I believe there are two types of skeptics when it comes to those who say the kinds of things that you just <laughs> rattled off. Yeah. There are the people who are very close-minded for whatever reason. They just, maybe they, they're they just very passionate about science and what they can see and what's concrete. They're black and white thinkers, potentially. And there's just no, there's no, there's no open door. There's not even, you can't even see the door. They can't, they can't even begin to or want to wrap their heads around it. And I just, I don't have time for that. And I don't think anybody really who is interested in astrology or invested in it as a student of it um, needs to necessarily pursue a conversation with a person like that because you're just not going to get anywhere. Um, but then there are people who might say things like that because they simply don't understand what astrology actually is. They think it is something that I should have said when you asked me, what is astrology? I, I kind of also like to say what it is not. Mm -hmm. It is not just your sun sign horoscope or memes on Instagram that say, oh, you're a Virgo, you're really picky. And here's a salary stock. It's your summer food. Like that is not <laughs> an accurate I depiction just, of astrology. I, I'm a Virgo. So the fact that you me said too. that. You, okay, sweet we're done with the podcast because that's all we need to know <laughs> um no yeah I, a lot of other Virgo women lately and I love it <laughs> my sisters <laughs> uh, yeah no you see those all the time on social media and I was going to ask you about that like especially on like TikTok like where people are just like oh you're you're this like if you're Gemini you're two-faced like like all those like stereotypical signs and I'm just like, it's not like, it's so, it's just so complex. And when we like make it so oversimplified, I think that's where people are like, oh, we can't listen to this. It's too simple. Right. It's too simple. Or they, they just, they misunderstand. It's pure ignorance that is fueling their skepticism. Uh, that sounds like something my father would say, actually. <laughs> uh, early on in practicing astrology and studying it. I mean, I've been doing it my whole life because my parents are, lifelong students of astrology and wow. self-taught astrologers um which we could talk about a little bit more later oh, if you like yeah. uh so I am a baby raised by the stars <laughs> yeah. uh, and um but I, early on when I was first pursuing this part of my career 
I would often go to my dad. I was, I had, didn't have as thick a skin as I do now, you know, from all the work that I've done, all the self work and therapy. And I would often be uh, complaining about remarks like that and, and wondering how to best respond. And my father would often have a lot of words of wisdom. He's got Capricorn rising. He's very grounded. He's also a very positive Leo son. And and he has a very um, mystical and uh, emotionally intelligent Pisces moon. And he would say, well, would they argue that the moon affects the tides? Because that is a thing scientifically. And we did happen to come from the tides and there's a whole lot of other things that you can point to <laughs> but that's a good starting point i think yeah <laughs> so and i guess kind of going backwards a little in case you know listeners are listening and they're like what's a what's a sign or like what's a what's a moon like can you explain i know that's again it's a big question um but can you explain like some of the little things like within birth charts that maybe people should know sure and if you want you know to definitely deep dive deeper but in a way that feels very approachable and and I, I know that a lot of information out there about this can be very intimidating even I know for some people who are interested in it if they pull up their chart in its full form as it's meant to be read the circle chart as it's as it's called on social media they get really intimidated and they feel like wow it's a whole bunch of symbols that I don't really I don't even know where to begin and and they might just reject it for that reason. Um, but in short, the sun moves through the 12 signs. It always begins with the spring equinox, which is the first day of Aries and spends about a month in each sign. So, you know, that's how, and that's how we'll get people who are like, well, how can I be the same exact thing as everybody else who was born in the same month that I was born? And it's like, no, no, hold on. (laughs) There's again, more to, to it than that. Uh, and, and every other celestial body also has its own pace that it moves through the Zodiac. Uh, and so depending on, again, the day, year, time, and place that you were born, you'll get a, like a screenshot, I like to call it, of the sky when you were born. And that's your chart. That's your natal or birth chart. And it will tell you like the moon was in this sign, which could be very complete, di- completely different sign than what the sun was in. You'll also want to look at Mercury, Mars, Venus, everything. You can look at all of it and you can see how they relate to one another. There's houses, which is a whole other layer to look at in your chart. Um, and and you can Google any of this. You can also work with a professional astrologer to learn more about your own chart. I, uh, such, you know, someone like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and And not only then do you have a snapshot of what the planets were doing when you were born, but then we we look at what they're doing currently and what they will be doing and what they perhaps were doing 10 years ago when something significant happened to you so that you can then begin to create a narrative uh, around how you, as you move through your life, are affected by the transits, the planets as they are currently moving through the sky, through the zodiac. Yeah. So is, and I, I've heard this question kind of circulate to uh, kind of amongst people who are like oh astrology ignore it whatever um would you consider like that snapshot in the sky do you think that's a predictor of like what's going to happen in the future is it not that can you explain that a little bit 
Sure. Uh, so, you know, and this is actually something that I think that it's, it's a little, uh, point of concern or nervousness or even fear for parents um, when they, you know, pick up my book or hear about my book, or I start talking about my book because they're, they don't want to be told necessarily like that their kid is predetermined to be X. Mm -hmm. And that's not at all what it is at all. It's another misunderstanding. Um, It's not so much about this preset path that you're on. It's more of your inclinations and your likes and dislikes, your strengths and your weaknesses that you you have tendencies toward and that you can work with if you're aware of them. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness <laughs> is everything like in psychology mm-hmm. and is in astrology as well. Uh, and so I see it only, and my parents as well, I've talked to them about this also recently, like how they approached it and thought about it when, when I was born, when my siblings were born. Um, how, you know, how did you plan to use that information? Cause you had a lot of it actually going into becoming parents, um, having studied astrology and, and my father said he was watching the clock, like a hawk to get the right time for my chart when I was born. Um, and, and it was basically that uh, came back to that idea of like strengths and challenges and, um, perhaps being able then to create space. This is what my book is all about, you know, create space for who your child is is and they're going to show you who they are no matter what but their chart can give you even more insight into that I really I mean one of the my favorite parts of your book was the dynamic between like the parent sign and the kids sign because I had never I also really liked like the sibling compatibility chart those two things I had never seen before in just regular like astrology kind of talk or books and I thought that was so amazing so I guess thank you again for putting that in there because I thought it was so helpful oh of course I really appreciate that yeah and I and I and I also think it's important to make the point with that like you know people definitely you can start with your sun sign and and read about say your Capricorn and your little one's a Libra but you might find um that that doesn't tell you the whole story so my book is all about trying to go a little bit deeper if you feel comfortable once you feel comfortable and reading more about your moon sign and your baby's moon sign and that one's especially important of course because it's uh how you and I didn't add this when I was when I was talking about the natal chart but this is the next layer is that you know of course they're in each sign which is something but then they each each luminary and planet also speaks to um different attributes in in a person's world like your self-image is the sun sign um how you relate to others is venus how you take action is your mars etc yeah. <laughs> we could go on yeah i i love exploring and like going in depth with those natal charts so i do not mind doing that um what about like houses i know there's the 12 houses um i'm sure you know them probably off the top of your head um, I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Every natal chart is is divided into 12 pie slices or houses. Mm-hmm. And you'll see them numbered when you when you look at your circle chart, <laughs> your full natal chart. And um, depending on where the luminaries or the planets were in the sky when you were born will determine where they fall as far as in which house. Um And so, and also like time of day matters as well. So 
um, if the sun, if you were born at noon, for instance, the sun is right overhead. Uh, and so there, therefore it would be likely at the top of your chart. It would potentially be in the 10th house, which is a uh, career and public image. And that all, all that symbolism really works together, right? So it's like middle of the day, noon, it's when the light is at its brightest. It's when, you know, we're talking about an area of the chart that is about being seen mm -hmm. in the public eye. Um, on the opposite side of things, the bottom of the chart, the houses down there are more about your internal life. The fourth house is the fourth house of home life, um, family. And there, there's also the ascendant. Most people know the ascendant or rising sign. If you've explored a little beyond your sun sign, that is the, on the left-hand side of the chart. And that is the cusp of the first house, which is self. So, and then across from that is partnership. So there's basically each house represents a particular stage on which things play out in your life. And when you can see like, okay, my sun is here and my moon is here. Um, you can get a sense of like where those attributes, those skills and those signs that they are each in play out how they play out for you in your life. And you can really use that. I'm surprised this is just not used more. Like, like I was talking about this within my presentation for class. I'm like, why don't we like do something like this for like clinical assessments? Like when we're doing our clinical interview, if we give a diagnosis, like this is such an important piece that is not explored. I really appreciate that. I talked to my, I have a very dear friend. One of my best friends is a psychologist um, and we talk about it all the time. <laughs> We talk about just there's so much overlap and I'm really passionate about that as somebody who feels very much um, heal, like healing, healed <laughs> in process of that, you know, thanks to psychodynamic work. Mm -hmm. um, but also I bring up astrology on the couch, you know, and, and I've taught my, my therapist a thing or two. And we often, you know, there's just there's a lot of overlap for sure. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to explore that a little too. Like, where have you seen, I know you were talking about like self-awareness, but where do you see the intersection between astrology and psychology come like into play together? You, you nailed it. That is like the crux of it is the self-awareness. <clears throat> like it makes me think of a conversation that I had with my therapist very early on in our work when I believe, I, I can't tell you the exact scenario that it was, but there was there was some kind of behavior that I had been repeating mm -hmm. and she made me aware of it during a session and pointed it out. And I was like, okay, yes, that is a thing. <laughs> now, what am I supposed to do with that? I'm Virgo. I need to know what is the plan? What are we, like, why are why, like, why Solution, are we? Solutions. A, a, a list of some yeah. kind, perhaps. <laughs> I was going to say, you should see the list that are right next to me right now. Exactly. And she was like, really, it's just about you knowing that that's a thing for you. And, and I didn't really understand that until further along, you know, in our work together. And then I noticed that simply knowing that about myself preempted that behavior or helped me to reframe or, you know, tackle things in a different way that was healthier for me um, and my relationships. And similarly, <laughs> I think that knowing more about yourself through the lens of astrology or knowing more about your child 
or anybody, any loved one, anybody who you're close with and you want to understand better. And isn't like that the whole point of life? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like uh, that can only serve to make for smoother sailing. Yep. Yep. You have a little more compassion for them. You kind of understand why they're doing the things that they're doing. Yep. But it is not an excuse for bad behavior either. That is something I think that is comes up in therapy as well in psychology, right? Like just because you know that you're doing something unhealthy doesn't mean that you're supposed to just then keep on doing it because this is what I do. Mm -hmm. You are supposed to take steps to (laughs) move the ball forward. (laughs) So that's actually a really great point. It made me think so um, like for Virgos, like we are overthinkers and it could just be, you know, for other reasons, but I think Virgos tend to be those overthinkers, the hypercritical um, thinkers. And so like that in my head would probably be like a not very helpful, like it can be helpful. Anxiety is helpful for things to cope, but in general, like it can be very overwhelming and not something you necessarily want to be doing all the time. Um, right. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts about it. So if that's like a tendency of a Virgo, but maybe you're in therapy to like work on that, like where, how do you deal with it? Is it something you're just always going to have? Is it something you're not? Can you work no, through No, I can't it? go to therapy. <laughs> I was going to say, but I was curious. I was like, okay, so therapy can come in and, you know, we could have our specific tools and stuff for that. But I'm, I was curious if that's just like, pre, like, I don't want to say predetermined because we talked about that earlier, but is that something that can change? I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, before I answer that, I just want to clarify. I am not saying that only Virgos need to go to therapy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I am saying we should all, I actually believe every sign has a case for it. Um, perhaps one of the things that does bring a Virgo to the couch is um, overthinking, anxiety, uh, et cetera. Um, But I think just knowing that that is your tendency and that is one of your challenges, you can see it, you can reframe that as an opportunity and, and maybe start to work with that and think about what are some ways that I can have compassion for myself Mm -hmm. and show up for myself and create space for myself to be myself, um, and, and work with it instead of against it. Um, because it is going to be there. Um, I, I noticed that it, um, you know, you flare flare ups maybe of it at times in life, but that's not, that's just life. That's being a human being, you know, like we all have our thing that comes up when we are having a rough time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about finding whatever tools work for you best. Um, again, I think that, you know, that brings it back to how helpful you're, self-awareness about around your personal natal astrology can be because like for me as a Virgo I know yes I, I I really benefit from talking to my therapist but that's not it I do yoga I meditate I I well I also have a lot of Leo in my chart so I know that like having fun or being in the sun um and laughing with my husband are all things that will help me when I'm having a rough time as well. So I can just make an extra concerted effort to prioritize those things. Yeah. And I feel like if you weren't aware of all those different aspects in your chart, you may not know those are strengths of yours. If Especially if you don't have that self-awareness, you may not know you enjoy doing Uh-oh. those things. <laughs> or you may, but I just think that having more 
information is always a good thing as a Virgo. (laughs) So part of why we are the way we are is so each sign is also ruled by a planet and we are ruled by Mercury and Mercury is the planet of information and um, thinking it's very cerebral and fast and um, information gathering. Mm -hmm. So that is our forte. And, and we, and our tendency is to get more information. So I certainly believe that it's very empowering to have more information, especially in this context. And a longer book. Like, I just keep thinking about that. I thought it was so helpful. Oh, I'm so glad, you know, and that is what makes uh, a Virgo's heart, of course, you know, makes a Virgo's heart swell more than anything else is to know that something you did was helpful yeah. for others. I, well, I got a good grade on it, so thank you for writing oh, it. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, yeah. yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just reminds me of this conversation, uh, like within psychology, you probably know it, um, like the nature versus nurture. Like, is this something that we're just learning from our parents or like our peers, or is this something we are born with? And is it because of the stars? Is it because of our genetics? And so I'm curious where you think astrology falls in that it's everything, right? It's just one more, it's one more thing. Like you can't, I don't know. You can't even look at a person's eyes. This just came to me, this like analogy. You can't even look at a person's eyes and tell me that there's just one color usually, right? You can even, someone who has very, very dark eyes, you can still see variation of color in their eyes. So we're, we're, we contain multitudes and all of what, you know, we are exposed to and we come from makes up who we are. Um, and we are a product of both our mother and our father's side, you know, um, and, and all those genes swirling around and the stars too. So it's just like, I think, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, and I've also been asked kind of in, it's not the exact same subject, same question, but it kind of reminds me of a question that was like, um, do you recommend that parents only use astrology to raise their child? And the answer is like, absolutely not. You know, it's one tool in the toolbox. It's one book on your shelf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I use this all the time, like within my holistic healing business, I'm like, holistics is the study of everything and how everything is interconnected. And one of my professors, like the very first day of our class, like mentioned, about like psychological assessments but I think this fits well within it is that you have to use a bunch of different tools and it's more of like a puzzle and astrology in my case in your case is one piece of that puzzle right just like psychological assessments just like any tools we learn nutrition our culture genetics like all of it is a piece and they're all they all should be equal to each other totally and 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 sort of as we've been talking about the piece itself is a puzzle. Mm -hmm. So as you start to work on that puzzle, if you want to go and check out that piece, you know, uh, you'll notice there are elements of you that mirror something going on with your mom, maybe, or your grandmother, um, or some sort of generational trauma that has been passed down. And now you're the one to, tackle it there are actually signatures in natal charts that speak to that so really um yeah I didn't know can you share a little more about that 
Um, my mentor and I only just started getting into it recently, okay. actually. So uh, could, could come back to me on that. Okay, one. <laughs> there'll be a, there'll be another episode. We'll talk all about that. <laughs> yep, but I, 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 I apparently I have it in my chart, which I'm not too, uh, I guess, too surprised to hear. But it's certainly, you know, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> yeah. to be the one to break your generational trauma, right? Yeah, that's a lot of work, but you know, you're meticulous. As a fellow Virgo, I can speak to you for that personality trait. <laughs> I know you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, so I guess before, I mean, maybe we can dive more into your book, but just about astrology in general, are there some common myths? I know we kind of touched on this, but is there kind of some myths out there about astrology that you've heard that you want to debunk that are just not true? <laughs> Well, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier about like, you know, the two-faced thing with Gemini. Scorpio also has a bad reputation on the internet for being, I don't know, vengeful or um, cold, maybe cold, but they're, they're really not at all. They're just, they're just very, very most, perhaps the most reserved sign. Uh, there are all these archetypes and there are like some things that, you know, what we were laughing about being perfectionistic Virgos, overthinking Virgos, you know, those things can come up <laughs> when yeah. you meet somebody who is very much in line with, with that, the, that archetype of their, perhaps their sun sign. But as um, another good thing to know is that like, if your sun is in a particular sign, Mercury travels very close to the sun. So your Mercury might also be in that sign. So like there are often, oftentimes you, you do not have your sun in one sign and the rest of your chart in something else. So you might read very strongly as that sign. You may even also have your ascendant or rising sign, which is how you present out in the world, how you come off to others in the same sign. So, but whereas there are some people who do not identify with their sun sign and you got to look deeper. So this is all to say that uh, I think I encourage people to like look beyond the internet memes about, you know, the stereotypes about each sign. And I also think it's important to, this is kind of an overlap with this, with psychology as well. Think about sort of the immature and the mature or the evolved and the unevolved version of each sign. That's something I think about a lot. For instance, Leo sort of in its most immature unevolved state is very look at me look at me I'm the center of attention I am the best all eyes on me <laughs> uh and then but the evolved Leo is like I am going to use my confidence to empower others to feel as confident as I am oh I like that so think Lizzo because she's got some Leo in her chart <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so uh I think that you, again, can you have, you have these tendencies toward certain behaviors and patterns and mindsets, but they're not written in stone in this way that's un unmovable throughout your life. You can, I, I was that little immature Leo when I was a little kid, I pushed my siblings out of the way so that I could be in front of my dad's camera at all times. <laughs> I didn't know better. I was like, three years old <laughs> I was gonna say you were a kid like we we're all a little more impulsive when we're younger yep yep and so like you know that's something that I definitely thought about when I'm writing when I was writing Raising Baby by the Stars and sometimes why I would 
offer a glimpse down the road. Like people will say like, well, this is just for babies, right? It's just about babies and toddlers. And I was like, I couldn't write it in such a vacuum kind of way because we're talking about people who are dynamic beings who are like, they're not always going to be three years old. They're going to become a 30 year old someday. And as they learn certain things about themselves and the world, they're going to hopefully become that more evolved version of their astrology. Yeah. And that, like we were talking about earlier, I think really comes with that self-awareness and like applying what you learn and then trying to change your behavior. Yep. That's awesome. Oh, I love this. This is great. I just love this mixture between astrology and psychology. I've, I've always been really interested, but I'm always on like the fence of like, how do I incorporate this, especially in clinical work? Because I know you do research for astrology and stuff like that, but I'm like, man, how do I bring this to like the doctorate level? Like, how can I like start to integrate this with clients? Because, you know, I, I talked about this in my presentation in class because, you know, people are like, oh, this is an evidence-based, like we need more research for this. And I'm like, not everything that is evidence-based works for everyone, you know? And I think if we want to expand this tool belt and really show up for our clients, we have to be able to have these tools kind of in our tool belt to provide to them. And I'm like, we need yeah. to all be learning this just in case we have that maybe one client that knows a lot about it like yourself. And we can all, you know, like show up and help in whatever way yeah. we can. It is, it again comes back to sort of a very, very black and white thinking way of thinking, which I know is is sort of a knee jerk in um, the research world and the science world. And it's unfortunate because- as you know, as a, as a holistic practitioner, uh, that's not how, that's not how life works in this black and white, th this is true. And this is not kind of way. Um, and there are a whole ton of modalities that we don't have significant research on. Unfortunately, I'm um, like, I even did, I've done some research. I go to acupuncture for fertility and for my preconceptual health. And there's pretty limited research on that. And then yet it's, it's, you know, anecdotally, so many people and practitioners are able to say that this really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um, so just to throw it out, throw the baby out with the bathwater, I don't understand why you would do that. It's unfortunate. It would be unfortunate to do that. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely think there's a case for you to bring astrology into your practice. You, you, I think even just awareness of it and knowledge about it is useful. Like you just said to your, you know, clients, um, who want to talk about it and um, better understand themselves through that lens. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's like love languages, right? Or there's a, several other or like, or Enneagrams. I mean, there's so many different things that people like find interesting and, and are useful tools for them to better understand themselves and their people in their world. Yep. So it's just, yeah another one that and if you wanted to bring it in even more you know you could always get trained as an astrologer <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I mean there is certainly I I my mom <laughs> and other people have been like why can't I find somebody who's a therapist and an astrologer and I was like we're not in that world yet but unfortunately unfortunately but that would be amazing I may, I was going to say, maybe after I'm done with school that I could do more school and do that. I know you talked about it earlier of like, how do you like start to learn all this? I know you learned from your parents. Um, how do you, how do you do that? How do you become a, an astrologer? 
And there's so many paths, of course, just like yeah. anything. Um, I was very fortunate to be born into a family where it was just spoken about in everyday language and conversations, you know, um, from the time that I was tiny. <laughs> and uh, so I grew up hearing about, you know, full moons and the moon being in a certain sign and um, my mom wanting to look up when something really exciting happened or, you know, fortunate wanting to look up what the aspects were that evening so that she could potentially keep an eye out for it coming down the road. Uh, but then also through self-teaching and working with a mentor, I've advanced my skill set. So um, I know a lot of people do work with one on one with a mentor. Uh, there's also astrology schools and courses that you can take. So and, and certifying programs. <laughs> so there's a whole lot. Wow. Uh, so on our little break, we just took a break here. Um, we were talking about a little more about her book. Um, I want to, you know, ask some questions of you and especially some stuff that I read. Um, but yeah, I, I, we talked about, you know, what was the presentation like for my class and, you know, stuff I shared. Um, so I actually have it up here in front of me. Um, I did a little like about the author and stuff like that, but I had, like you were saying on the break is like, how did I navigate the situation? Like, how did I bring up astrology to a bunch of future doctors? But we, so my program is all about social justice. Um, and so we kind of okay. talk about like the cultural kind of aspects, like systemic issues. Um, but a lot of that is based off of, because you know, if we just hear about that stuff in the media, people will easily disregard it. And I feel like it kind of aligns with astrology too. It's easily disregarded sometimes by people unless they have more history behind it. So that mm. was kind of my approach with this is like, how do I give it validity almost? And so I did a little history about where astrology like came from. And I talked about, you know, like just early civilizations using the stars in general for movement, farming, health. And then I slowly kind of went into like talking about Mesopotamia and like creating the first zodiac wheel with the Babylonians and like all this stuff and how it kind of awesome. shifted. Yeah. And how it kind of shifted like into Europe and then, you know, in the US, especially with Carl Jung um, or Jung, you know, however you want to pronounce his last name. Um, but yeah, kind of his spirituality kind of modality. Um, but yeah, mainly history. And I can send you this after we get off. I'd love to share it with love you. That. Thank you. Yes, I'd love to check it out. Okay, so within your book, you talked about like elements and qualities. And I know we kind of talked about like sun signs and rising signs. So why don't you share a little about what are elements? There's the fire, earth, water, air, and then the qualities like the cardinal, the fixed, mutable. Right, right, right. So yeah, I mean, these are really great building blocks that you can look at when you are checking out your own chart, your child's chart. Each sign falls under one of the four elements. There's water, earth, fire, and air. And there are certain uh, characteristics that you'll want to take into consideration for each of those. So Scorpio, for instance, is a water sign, Cancer, Pisces. Um, and those signs tend to be more, uh, emotionally intelligent, intuitive, sensitive. Um, whereas you've got fire signs who are a bit more action oriented, 
dynamic, go-getter, Leo, Aries, Sagittarius, air signs tend to be a bit more cerebral, uh, social, perhaps a bit flighty, uh, very much about interaction with others. <laughs> the air signs are Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, and they're all really people, people. <laughs> and then we've got the earth signs of which we are one of <laughs> Virgo, Capricorn, and Taurus all tend to be a bit more pr pragmatic and grounded down to earth, um, planners <laughs> organized. Um, and so you can take sort of the elements, you know, into consideration when thinking about sort of just the viewpoint of a sign, um, and sort of how they move through the world and what they prioritize. Um, you also brought up the modalities, the qualities, those are cardinal, fixed, and mutable. So within each element, there are those three signs and each one is one of these as well. So like within the water signs, Scorpio is fixed water, Pisces is mutable water, and Cancer is cardinal water. And you're like, what is that? If you don't know, you know these terms, you're like, that sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook. Cardinal signs are like the initiators, the go-getters. Uh, the fixed signs are the more obstinate black and white thinkers who tend to be kind of like, you know, it's this way or no way, Very, but they're also very resolute. Um, they also dig their heels in at times. And then uh, the mutable signs are the most flexible um, and adaptable, but they also have some trouble with follow through and... Um, and potentially being a little bit flighty and not really wanting to like, you know, stay the course <laughs> um, or, or, or indecisive is usually the word that I use, use for that more often. Okay. Um, so we can take all of that into consideration as well. Um, it comes up for me a lot. And it is also another way in which I see astrology overlapping with psychology okay. because there are some people who just, and also sort of like work psychology. My husband's best friend really does a lot with that because he's a counselor at a university. Um, so you might know that about yourself that you really like big picture ideas. You know, you've been called a visionary <laughs> like, and and you're, you're really good at starting a conversation and, and getting something rolling, but you're not the person to see it through to the finish line necessarily. Mm -hmm. Or you are more indecisive and you do need a little bit of handholding to kind of make up your mind because you are more mutable. And maybe then you buddy up with somebody who is more of a fixed type, you know, and then together you're, you're really able to get something done. Okay. Yeah. I, um, so a, a little more about me. So I, I enjoy working, uh, like the population I enjoy working with the most is the forensic population. So anyone in like coming out of prisons and Wow. and stuff like that um and you know because I was just like how can astrology fit into this um I don't know if, if you know this but I saw that most of the serial killers are mutable signs which I thought was wild to think about but yeah I guess I'd like to see the rest of their chart <laughs> that's say one that. thing when I see those lists and I'm like um uh tell me a little bit more because you know you can really see you can see so much yep. uh, more when you look at 
the whole chart and you're looking at something like, okay, where's their Pluto, for instance, Pluto is death, rebirth, um, regeneration, transformation. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of dark. It can be dark and it can indicate trauma. Uh, so that's something that somebody who's doing trauma-informed work, for instance, might want to work, look at in a, in a natal chart, um, and see where that shows up for a person and what that speaks to about potential, you know, earlier life wounds that could manifest in a certain way. Interesting. This, I, I, it gets, I don't know. It made me think about this, but is, is astrology or like the natal chart, does that have anything to do with past lives at all? Um, there are a lot of things that you can kind of look into and get a read on, um, including past lives, but also like something I, I've, I've started exploring that I think is really cool is that the 12th, the 11th and the 10th houses, I believe in a person's chart, which all lead up to the first house, which is self, um, will tell you a story about your mother's experience while she was pregnant with you. Interesting. I need my chart read by you. <laughs> I need to oh, learn I love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. Yeah, I would love to do that sometime. Yeah. Um, and this, I guess this is all making me think of my, I think a main question I had as I was like flipping through the book, as I've just kind of experienced it or astrology and know a little about it. Um, I kind of want to talk about like confirmation biased. Um, both within like raising a baby, maybe particularly like if you're a Capricorn mom or dad and you have a Capricorn child, like, is mm. there going to be some confirmation bias? Like, are you going to be looking for specific traits, um, wanting to see like yourself in the kid and enhancing those traits? And then also, you know, kind of separate with that is like, what you read like if I'm a Virgo and I like list and like being organized and I read something about that like am I going to be a little more conforming I don't know a little more confident right I hear you yeah yeah well I actually have had that's one form of pushback a little bit that I've gotten from some parents who you know are friends of mine and I offered to perhaps do their child's chart and they were like no I don't want to I don't want to know anything until they show me themselves and that is completely up to you, you know, if that's how you want to approach it. I, I completely respect that. Um, but I think the confirmation bias is just something that's going to happen anyway. <laughs> like people, I mean, sure, you're, you know, you might be aware of it and therefore trying to kind of work against it a little bit, but, um, or have worked, you know, done some self-work where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do to my kid what my mom did to me. Like my kid, my mom made me wear saddle shoes and maybe take ballet and I'm not going to do that to my kid. <laughs> but, you know, you're also going to be like, oh gosh, I really love baseball. And I really <laughs> hope my kid does too, you know, or whatever, like I pizza. <laughs> I mean, yeah. people, People, you're going to want, you're going to want to relate to your kid in all these ways and hope that you're on the same page in many ways. So I just think that astrology is just like one other form of that um, could potentially be, but that's why I talk a lot in the book. And then I've been talking a lot as I do discuss the book about how it's not a case to like, take all these notes about your child who they're supposed to be and going to be and absolutely are and then like being like this is you and do this and be this and very much the opposite <laughs> it is 
hey, your kid is going to show you who they are. And here's a little bit more information on that because the stars will mirror that or give you advanced intel on that, however you want to deal with it. <laughs> and you can you can have that information in your back pocket whenever you might need it. Yeah. Well, and I think that whole topic or just conversation reminds me like it's isn't the book what is it like a new parent? Yeah, new parents guide to astrology. Like if this is something that's new to you, like you don't have kids, like maybe you've never been around kids before, like we're going to automatically resort to what we are familiar with. And that could be how we were raised or like maybe what we don't like, but that's our habit or like that's what we know. And so I think having a guide like this, again, just kind of having it in your tool belt, you kind of try to practice it and be self-aware when you're not stressed out with your kid yet. Like it could just be a helpful little thing you use. Right. I think, yeah, I think it's helpful to learn about it before you have your child, but when you have your child, like even I have friends who have teens and they've said, you know, I wish I had this when my kid was younger, but I'm still glad that I'm reading it now because it's actually offering some insight and, uh, and, and tips and tools and strategies that are actually potentially useful, even at this phase and stage, uh, just cause it's, it's giving you a peek into their mind works a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something that you may have not even considered. Now you have a whole list, a good book of it. <laughs> you can <laughs> yeah. sticky note it, right? Like there's just so oh, it's amazing. <laughs> You're making me think I need to teach a college course on it. <laughs> Girl, you need to just come to my class. I When I was presenting, I feel like there were so many of my classmates that were asking me questions that I was just like not qualified oh. for. And I was just like, I need you. I'm just going to invite her on. Or I was just like, She's going to come on the podcast because they know I have this. And I'm like, let's all listen to her. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we could do a Zoom sometime with them too. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. trying to get into more public speaking, actually. So anybody who would like some astrological <laughs> talks or yeah. education, yeah. let me know. Absolutely. Yeah, I... I actually wrote a quote down, I think, from your book, and it kind of explains exactly, I'm going to read it, um, but explains exactly what you're talking about. It says, embrace the contradictions. You're complicated, and astrology is complex enough to reflect that. Sometimes, in some situations, you behave one way. In other situations, you behave differently. You want different things from different areas in your life. You contain multitudes. And I just love that quote, that long quote. But I think it's, like you said, it's very reflective. Like, we can be two things at once. And I think that's where even people who try to reject astrology, they're like, oh, see, like, a Leo or, like, a Virgo, like, they're explaining the same thing. Like, anyone can be this. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of different things we can all be of all different types of signs. And it just kind of is like, where are you in that moment in your life? What's your natal sign like? And we have to embrace the contradictions, like you said. Totally. And how multi-layered it is. Another example of where people's lack of knowledge often leads to criticism about this Um you just made me think of progress charts. So there's a predictive technique 
there's a couple predictive techniques that astrologers work with quite a bit when we do readings for people. The first is transits where we're just looking at, okay, Mercury is here today. Your Jupiter is in the same spot and you're going to be really, you know, big on communication right now. And you're going to be really like out there in the world and sharing what's on your mind. That's a transit. That's how, you know, that's one thing. But then there's also a way to sort of move your chart forward in time and it's more about sort of your evolution and where you are evolutionarily in your life and what themes and what sort of chapter you're in currently. Uh, and so like you might've been born with your moon in Sagittarius, but your progressed moon is now in a whole different other sign like Pisces. And that's just sort of very like no pun intended. You know, you're a fish out of water because it's like, oh, my my natal wiring is that I'm very outgoing and uh, unfiltered and experiencing life and adventurous with that Sag moon. But you're in an, a phase of your life. You're in a Taylor era now with your progressed moon and Pisces that you're much more dreamy, maybe even like aloof um, and spiritual minded Piscean space. So I think, and I just think of like change, like that evolution that we all kind of experience in life and how important it is. Cause I also really enjoy doing like grief counseling and mm -hmm. grief isn't just about death. It's just about changes in our life and old versions of ourselves and how we change in life and how we kind of have to say goodbye to that old version of ourselves. And so like these natal charts, especially how they evolve, like we have to say goodbye to this old version of ourselves. I'm like, wow, there's another psychology kind of realm. Like we need this. Absolutely. We know this. Oh yes, definitely. And then like the, you could talk about the big transits. Like you probably know about Saturn return. And then there's other ones that come up in your late thirties and early forties. These are like when the big outer planets are doing things with your chart that take a long time because they move more slowly than the ones that are more the inner planets closer to the sun and closer to us. Um, and so uh, th those transits are also like opportunities for growth and they bring about a lot of change. Eclipses also <laughs> are another one. It's like, <laughs> there's just so much so kind of <laughs> kind of to wrap up but I want to hear like what are your thoughts about either like this book or like what would you say is like the big message I guess from this book like if someone were to like be like oh should I should I read this is it for me what would you say to them I said say yes <laughs> if you're curious yes. about if you're curious about yourself if you're curious about your loved ones if you want to be more self-aware, you want to be more aware of your loved ones, your friends, your colleagues, but more specifically with this book, you know, a little one in your life, you want to understand where they're coming from and the lens through which they have a tendency to see the world and to support them in that and to, to hold space for them to grow and learn and communicate through that lens then this book is for you. And I can't really imagine who that doesn't apply to. I mean, not everybody, of course, is a new parent. But one thing that I've been pointing out is that um, it, it it's it's really about relationships and, you know, your point about the parent and the child. Uh, you could explore that. You could explore the whole book, <laughs> considering all different relationships, really. Mm -hmm. um, 
and thinking about your inner child and thinking about, you know, you and your parents or you and your siblings um, and how you want to be nurtured and, and need to nurture others. Yeah. And even like, even if you don't have a kid yet, like I, I mentioned this in my presentation, I think the first half of the book is just great information about each of the different signs, like how they are as a baby and like toddler, if you're curious about how you were and just general information about like natal charts and stuff. So even if you don't get to the second half of the book, like you can still learn so much from it, from the beginning parts. Thank you. Yeah, I do. It is a primer on just basic natal astrology, really, um, as well as uh, a guide to parenting by the stars. So no matter how you want to utilize it, it's, it's, it's appropriate for both of those reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I always ask this of my guests, but whether it's about astrology or maybe health and wellness or relationships, kind of your expertise, what is one recommendation you would like to give to the listeners today? Recommendation, like any, like words of wisdom of any kind, anything your heart desires. It could be wisdom. It could be something from this book, anything. I think whether you are a brand new student of astrology or even you're further down the road with having a more advanced skill set, there is so much merit to exploring all the many layers and different rabbit holes that you can go down, whatever appeals to you, because it is at its core, incredibly empowering to, to have self-awareness. It's for the same reason that I encourage anybody who possibly can. And I really, really, really wish that it was everybody who could have access to, you know, quality mental health care uh, and, and, psychodynamic, psychoanalytic work. Um, but I just think that there's so much merit to exploring who you are and and caring for whoever that person is. Oh, oh thank you for that. That's awesome. <laughs> sure. Um, and to, just to, again, to kind of wrap up, if people are listening and they're like, I want to work with you, what's this book? Where can I find it? Let's Let's hear it. Where can people contact you? Absolutely. I am at marissabrown.com. My Instagram is marissa.brown. And the book is available anywhere you can buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. And I would so appreciate if you do buy it that you write a review. That means a lot to me. And if you're based in LA, I have an event coming up in August. So, or Southern California, you just happen to maybe be around here at that point, um, August 17th. So I'll have information about that on my social media and, and yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, it was so great for you to join the podcast today. I'm so glad that you were here. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, I'll have to write a review. I I definitely need to do that, especially because I would love that. (laughs) Yeah, you can like take a photo for, you know, like the customer photo. You're like, look, I even have it posted, like posted it up. (laughs) I will definitely have to do that. Thank you for that reminder. Of course. (laughs) I really appreciate it. 
Of course. Yeah. And uh, thank you to all the listeners today, supporting, subscribing. Definitely go give her a follow. She's on Instagram too. So I'll have all of her resources, all of her information in the episode notes. So definitely go check that out. Um, I am... You're, you probably know where the podcast is because you're listening, but uh, you can find me anywhere on the podcast streaming method that you can think of. Um, I'm also on Instagram at holistic underscore healing LC for life coach. And you guys know my Gmail. And if you guys want to work with me, definitely reach out. Or if you want to be the next guest, let me know. But talk to you all soon. Bye.